Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha, first baseman. <laughs> oh no, I, I'm Matt Staub and I actually, I played first base because I'm left-handed. Oh, I, that, that's just my last name, first baseman. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. I only really ever played first base and pitched for a little bit, but I was mostly first base just because if you're left-handed, that's pretty much the role you get thrown into just because it's advantageous. You have the glove on your right hand and you can catch all the balls that are thrown from the uh, rest of the infielders. I didn't play much baseball, but I think I was in the best position. I think, isn't the best position like in T-ball right outfield? <laughs> That's what I was. There's probably like four outfielders. Well, there's right field. I mean, in regular baseball, there's only three outfielders, but there might be a, like a left, a right, a right center, and a left center. I'm pretty sure it was just three. I just remember, gosh, I hated that T-ball. I did one season. It was horrible. I was a soccer guy. Yeah, I mean, I liked baseball, but... Focused on other sports after a while, not soccer, but you were tennis and golf. I, you look like a tennis and golf guy. Yeah, I, I played tennis, but I like I liked playing golf, but I was never really good at it. But yeah, tennis is what I what I went with. So no regrets for me. Easier sport to play <laughs> than baseball. All right, well, this is a this is a pretty interesting story. It kind of just came out of nowhere. By the time this goes up, it'll be won't be fresh in the news, but as of the date we're recording this, this is still a pretty new story. And I guess there could be a lot of things that happen between now and then, but the FBI's gotten involved with one of the baseball teams in the Major League Baseball. The St. Louis Cardinals are investigating this hacking issue. So let me give a little background facts here. The current Astros general manager used to work for St. Louis Cardinals. I'm not sure in what capacity, but he had developed this system that was used that they called Redbird, this computer network that he was a part of. Eventually, he left the Cardinals and went to the Astros and developed a, a similar style computer system that he called Ground Control. And there's, you know, there's a lot that goes into this. I guess one of the big things was for those of you who don't know a lot about baseball, there's all these different levels before you come up to the major leagues, all this whole minor league system. And there's a strategy of when you bring players up because you don't want to bring a player up too quick because he might just you know, not be ready. And then it ruins his, it's a mental game after that. And it just ruins him for the rest of his career. So they have this whole part of it is they have this whole system in place of when to bring players up, but they also have more confidential information as well, such as you know, trade proposals, stuff that would be a great thing to have if you're trying to get inside information on a team. So Houston set this up. And as of right now, when we're, I'm going over the story, they don't know who the people in the Cardinals organization was that did this, but they basically were like, oh yeah, that guy that used to work for us, let's, uh, he had that master password list. Let's take a look at it. So they took a look at it and <laughs> I guess one or multiple passwords lined up and they were able to hack into the Houston Astros system at that point because I guess he used the same password. <laughs> I guess that's a whole other issue of where that's crossing the line in terms of hacking. But, you know, they were able to gain access to basically a lot of confidential and proprietary information in the, one of their opposing team's systems. And yeah, that's that was kind of the beginning to the FBI getting involved, which is it's kind of crazy to me the FBI got involved, but it will be really interesting to see where this goes. Yeah. So obviously we, we should preface this is all alleged. I think we already said that, but just in case anyone's listening, we don't know exactly what happened, but 
this is pretty cut and dry. You know, there's this one article, I don't know if you caught this in the Washington Post, because, you know, on ESPN, they did this whole legal analysis by this one commentator. And one of the questions was asked, like, is it actually a crime to hack into the data and files of the Major League Baseball team? And the answer was incredibly wrong because the answer is like, basically says like, it's certainly ethically questionable whether it is a crime is far less certain. And he goes in this weird analysis of whether or not it was authorized access and whether the stolen information was otherwise available or public knowledge. But this particular Washington Post article references, I think it's in the wiretapping statutes or somewhere around there, but basically says very plainly that anyone who intentionally accesses a computer without authorization which in this case, what the alleged facts is pretty clear, shall be punished as provided in section so-and-so, whatever. So, I mean, obviously, it, in, in the sense that it doesn't matter if you actually took the information, that is a crime to hack into somebody else's computer. What's the more important question from a civil perspective is what kind of damages can the uh, Houston Astros get from St. Louis Cardinals if they're able to prove this this hacking and the confidential information was was stolen. Yeah, and I'm not so sure what Houston even wants out of the the Astros want out of this. I mean, I don't know if they really care about any sort of financial payment, but they'd probably be happiest with the Cardinals like losing draft picks or getting penalized in some fashion with Major League Baseball. Has the MLB ever, I'm, I'm sure by next week they have, but they'll have a, something to say about all this. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's why it's so weird that the FBI got it. I mean, I get why the FBI got involved, but this seems like something that should have been handled internally within Major League Baseball. To me, there's much bigger problems the FBI should be focusing on. But, you know, one thing that was pretty interesting that, and this is all, like you said, this is alleged, especially at this point early in the game, no pun intended, <laughs> Investigators believe that St. Louis Cardinals officials were concerned that that guy who was now the GM of the Astros and former employee of the Cardinals had taken their idea and proprietary baseball information to the Astros and at that point. So I guess there's a question of whether, you know, what he created when he was working for the Cardinals, I would assume would stay with, I mean, that would be, the Cardinals would own that, I, w- I would assume. You're absolutely correct. And I'm, I assume they'll raise that issue when these parties start litigating, because the general rule is this, is if you have an employee that develops some kind of proprietary software, as an example, or proprietary procedure, the default rule is usually that the employee, or I'm sorry, the employer owns that intellectual property. And so now when that employee goes from one to the other, you know, I'm sure this happens in baseball, confidentiality agreements, trade secrets, intellectual property agreements are signed even separately despite what, what the default laws are. And so when he goes over to the Astros and develops a similar system, names it something different, there is some questionableness of whether that's clean, right? Whether that intellectual property was purely just transferred and not necessarily worked from the ground up. But then you have to balance that with how does an employee or a person remove that information from its mind? And the and the good example is that Bratz versus Barbie doll case that went back and forth for years. I hope I'm not misspeaking here, but I believe at the end of the day, Barbie doll won that case. And the discussion there was, if you recall, I don't know if anyone plays with dolls. I know, Matt, you do quite a bit. There's Bratz dolls that was basically a Barbie doll reboot. The dolls look totally different, the facial features and so forth. But the maker of Bratz actually worked on that model of dolls while he was working at Barbie. 
He then left and then started Bratz and Barbie maintained that there was some intellectual property rights that were stolen because he developed this as a doll maker or doll designer while he was working with Barbie and it's in the same space and so forth. So there's some correlation there. Yeah, this is pretty interesting because especially I would say in the last decade, actually probably even farther back than that. And if you've seen Moneyball, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But baseball has become a very analytical game and all these different teams are trying to one up each other and come up with these advanced statistics that give them a little bit of an edge to coin join a carry like the extra 2% that you can get over another team. So when you have one of these employees create this system for you that might give you a leg up, especially the Cardinals, which are year in and year out, have one of the best teams and one of the best minor league systems in baseball, you know, that guy that creates it goes and not only switches to another team, but becomes the general manager. I mean, you know, obviously you can't take his whole system over there and he's created something for the Cardinals, but I would imagine he probably created something pretty similar when he went over to Houston at that point. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I get the, if this is the Cardinals argument of, oh, we wanted to make sure he didn't steal anything. I, mean, I get that. It's not grounds for hacking into their system. Doesn't change the fact that they did that. It's not going to be a defense, I don't think. But, you know, it's an interesting point. And so it's unfortunate for us recording right now because we'll probably have m- many more facts by the time this episode comes out. And we might even sound really misinformed about the whole situation. But this is competition, one one team to the other, you know, and they created something with the first one. It's it's a hard thing to figure out when they go to the next one and they want to create something similar. There's also the issue about poaching employees a little bit. I've seen some people talk about that within within these articles because when an employee transfers from one baseball team to another, you know, then this happens in all sports. How do you separate, you know, when it comes to that knowledge of even, you know, certain plays you have or certain like in baseball they have hidden symbols and gestures, right? So how does that work? Do they just end up changing it every season or what? It's like one of those old Egyptian things. It's hidden symbols in the wall and you have to figure it out. <laughs> well, yeah, like signals to the catcher will signal what pitches, yeah. you know, the, the pitcher's going to throw. But it's uh, some people are saying like, well, this is stealing signs in 2015. Like, I mean, it's not, I don't think this, inf- I don't think this database had like the signs that the catcher is going to give to the pitcher, but you know, <laughs> this is a, just another form of what used to be some guy in the bleachers with binoculars looking at what the catcher's doing and then trying to signal to the batter somehow. What used to be that in the old days is now stealing information systems and databases of, you know, how you run your whole organization. So yeah, I mean, it's cheating has been around and especially in baseball since probably day one, but this is just, you know, stealing signs, that's not a crime. No one's going to press charges for that, but there might be some punishment for Major League Baseball, but, you know, hacking into a system, it's a little bit different. The FBI is not going to come knocking at the St. Louis Cardinals door if they were just stealing signs from the Houston Astros catcher. I mean, does that does that still happen with the binoculars things? Is that allowed or no? It's never been allowed. There was a, I think there was an accusation a couple of years ago of like the White Sox were. Those White Sox. They were like looking at, I mean, now you can have cameras so you can feasibly see what the catcher's signaling. This is what they were accused of. They had the camera, saw the sign, flashed like something in the outfield so the batter could see it. And then like, you know, whatever. I, I, I don't know if this ever actually happens or not, but that was the accusation. But this said that's this is way different than that this is hacking into someone's 
database and <laughs> committing a crime. By the way, I should I should have some correction. I don't know if it's a correction or not, but the the whole Bratz and Barbie doll case, I mean, that's gone back and forth. It was appealed to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals and and at the end, I think they they gave the actual ownership of the Bratz dolls to the founder, which was actually a company MGA Entertainment. But at the end, MGA still had to pay the attorney's fees and so forth. So but point being is the, the general rule is the employer owns the intellectual property developed. And and the issue with that case was that it was after work and things like that. There was other factors involved. There's an employment agreement. And so, you know, that just shows you the importance of having a really good, solid contract with your employees. At the same time, you know, your employees are going to leave you eventually. And just like in baseball, I mean, they're going to go to a different team. And how you protect your property from that is sometimes very difficult. Even the major league players have troubles with that, so to speak. I thought you were going to say the correction was I have no idea how, how dolls work, but referring to me because you made that statement earlier, which is untrue. No, no, that's, that's the only thing that I don't have to correct. <laughs> so I love sports, but baseball is just the most boring sport ever, unless I'm at the game. And that's just because like there's other people there I'm looking around and watching. Lucky for you, this is happening in your backyard of the Houston Astros, so you can go. I know you told me, like, this is big news, and I'm like, I, I haven't even heard it. I, I barely remember that they, and in fact, my wife was like, oh, Houston has a baseball team? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> they do. They actually had the number one prospect in all of, of baseball He's their, on their, in their minor league system. He got called up last week, and uh, or maybe even two weeks ago, but had his first home game last week, and hit a home run in his first game at home was a pretty big deal, but I didn't even ask you because I assumed you don't pay attention at all. <laughs> no, you lost me at, like, called up from the minor leagues. So <laughs> I fell asleep. That's fine. <laughs> all right, well, thanks for joining us on our first and last baseball episode, which is actually, no, it's not our first because we did have that one fan that got hit by a, a hot dog or something. Got hit in the eye by Dinger, the Kansas City Royals mascot. <laughs> so our, our second and last episode on baseball. Thanks for joining us. We've probably talked about another one. Oh, well. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.